Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. Tommy gave it a double wave today because what a qualifying session we just experienced. So good. Like that is, that was unbelievably good. Quali this year is delivering. Uh, To say that the season hasn't been great, to say the least, that the qualifying has been unbelievable. And that was probably, you know, one of the best of the bunch. It's definitely a rival of Monaco, I'd say, which we were talking about as maybe one of the greatest qualifying sessions we've ever seen. Yeah, Amazing. absolutely mental. I can't believe it. You can probably hear the smile coming down the microphone, and that's not because we're Lewis Hamilton fanboys, okay? British bias. Anyway, let's dive into uh, a five-star review from Challenge uh, via Apple Podcasts in Australia. Over 6,000 years ago, two men fiddle in their workshop. After years of trial and error, Matt and Tommy finally produced the first ever wheel. Wanting to share their invention, the two travel the world, sharing their wheel knowledge. They amass a huge following for their superior knowledge and wicked sense of humour. With the help of Tommy's anti-aging serum, the pair travel across the globe for centuries sharing their wheel knowledge. Inspired, their biggest follower wants to commemorate their legacy and creates a sporting event called Formula One. We are lucky enough to be students of Matt and Tommy as they educate us on wheel through their amazing podcast. I love how you actually said that Formula One was created because of the fact we invented the wheel. That is amazing. Thank you so much, Challenge. If you want your five-star review to be read out, please do leave it. It helps us massively. We read every single one of them uh, and we will include the next one, a random one, next week. Okay, let's get into qualifying, shall we? And begin with a question from Ace12Adam. Do you think this new format produced excitement? Let's get into the nitty gritty, shall we? And I feel like Tommy might need to uh, maybe initiate an official apology (laughs) uh, to what Formula One has tried to do. But for those of you that maybe are unaware, there might be a a small minority that haven't even watched qualifying and just listen to us for an update. We had Q1 hard tyres, Q2 medium tyres, Q3 soft tyres, and it was so good. There was... Not one lull in that entire qualifying session. It was dopamine McGee, was it not, Tom Bellingham? It was incredible. Yeah, uh, I need to apologise. I'm that meme that everyone shares of "Sorry, I wasn't familiar with your game" or whatever that, that people <laughs> <laughs> that people put up because I thought that you know qualifying has been so good this year. Like I said at the start, and the problem is that what I. I my first initial reaction was, why are they messing with qualifying? We need exciting races. And I still, you know, still want them to implement the, the all three compounds into the race. But so I was kind of like, why are they doing this for qualifying? It's not really going to change much. And, you know, I think a lot of it, th- there's reasons why it was so exciting. I think the teams will 
maybe get used to this if they do implement it. Uh, we had a washout in, in FB1 as well, which no doubt made a lot of difference as well. But it did make the session so much more exciting, particularly Q1, because when do we ever see everyone flying out the pits and just doing constant laps? Normally Q1 can be a bit, not dull, but you're kind of just waiting for the five slowest cars to go out. But it was just exciting from from start to finish, like you said. It was just really, really, really good. It was. Um, and I think one of the, the main reasons that it was so good is because the teams couldn't prepare for it. You had the hards, the mediums and the softs, all of which that need to be run at a hot lap level. We're not talking race trim. We're not talking tyre degradation as such, as much as I guess the hard tyres were run throughout most of the session in Q1. It was about pushing it to the limit. And that's not really what the hard tyres and sometimes even the mediums are used for these days. So that in itself was a variable. I think there were other variables that helped play into the fact of it being such an unpredictable qualifying, one of which being that we've never done this format before. They didn't really know how to do the run plan. Russell said afterwards, of course, he was one of the, the drivers to be knocked out in Q1 um, about being out of sync with others and so on and so forth. They were still just trying to figure out how to fully optimize that session. Um, but you also had the washout in FP1, so there's, lack, uh, there's less data and... Yeah, generally, just the teams not knowing what to do. And funnily enough, all the teams are moaning, all the drivers are moaning because they can't get comfortable. They can't get used to everything. We love to but see But that it. is what we want to see. And that's um, one of the good things about <laughs> sprint race weekends is the fact that we only have one practice session before they get into uh, the proper nitty gritty stuff. Again, we see it. They're not prepared and we get a mixed up grid. Oh, boo-hoo, Formula One, the pinnacle of motorsport is difficult and they don't know every single bit of information as they go in uh, playing the smallest violin for every team and every driver that complains about it. Oh, Tommy Sass, keep going. <laughs> but but no, uh, this maybe this is the, the solution that we need where they don't need to get rid of practice sessions or things like that uh, and we can still have running for the fans on Friday, but it means that they can't, they can't do everything because they're not they don't have time to do uh, qualifying runs on hards qualifying runs on mediums qualifying runs on softs and the races as well like all their run plans for the races as well so yeah really good well done f1 i apologize to you it was very very good all the way through really good yeah absolutely sold so now let's get into the more detail side of q1 um, obviously on hard tyres. And the five drivers that were out were Albon, Sonoda, Russell, Magnussen and Sargent. Obviously the big scalp, as we said, was George Russell there who just couldn't get a lap in, especially at the end there where the gentleman's agreement went fully out of the window and into the toilet again because lo and behold, the gentleman's agreement does not exist. It only exists if you're gaining from it, if there's some kind of ah, it's me next, the gentleman's agreement is in force, <laughs> and then someone comes flying up the inside. George Russell, I think, got passed by five cars, I think it was, before he then could start his lap. So he was completely and utterly shafted by that because he started to wind up for his lap. A car goes up the inside. I can't remember who it was that was the final car to go through. Um, but he then lost three tenths before the, he even gets down to turn one because of the the, the, the compromised run that, that he had. So... After that, 
with with the obviously the the tires being a bit colder, the brakes being colder as well by sitting around for so long, he couldn't put a lap time in in such a close qualifying session as well. Yeah, and maybe this could be a theme if they do, um, and it wouldn't surprise me if they do implement it uh, this new qualifying format with the different tires because it just showed that people weren't sitting in the pits at the end of the session. I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't it only the the top two, Lando and uh, that was Q1, I think. I'm pretty sure they were sat in the pits, maybe. Um, so, norm- <laughs> <laughs> But normally you do get like a lot of drivers sat in the pits because they know they're going to be fine. But I think this- you're thinking of Q2 for that Oh, one, sorry, but- okay, completely yeah, ignore yeah, yeah. all of Lando- that. Because <laughs> Lando topped Q2, didn't he? Uh, too, much, too much action and excitement in one session, clearly. But yeah, the, the fact that all the drivers are out setting laps and it kind of, you know, being every man for itself at the end... Uh, like you say, the gentleman's agreement went out the window, which is quite quite funny. And I did, I mean, fair play to to George for at least kind of not blaming anyone but himself, really, and and the fact that they you take that risk, don't you, being in the bottom, not getting your lap in, and um, he could have quite easily had a big rant about everyone passing him, but he he's right that. It's a gentleman's agreement until you're the one about to get knocked out and you go, sorry, um, it, we see it all the time. And maybe it's something that happens even more now with this new format. I think so. Um, because of the crunch time, because there's so many cars trying to get a lap in around a quite uh, short lap time uh, around Hungary, sort of 117 uh, kind of area. A question from one Pablo SF1. Should they have to review the gentleman agreement and actually apply consequences if someone doesn't respect it? No, it's it's not a rule. It's, it's Formula One agreement, like like you yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. It's an agreement. It's not anything in the rules, and I think that's properly boring. To be honest with you, if that's <laughs> something that's implemented where everyone has to follow each other, okay, you enter the last sector, then you're not allowed to pass anyone who's also on an outlap about to start. You just it's just not something that needs to be policed. This also, is Formula One, the top tier of motorsport. You you figure it out. Also, everyone would do a Fernando Alonso 2007 park it. Like if you were, if you'd made it through and you knew your rival was was out, you'd just yeah, you'd go just really wait, slow around the corner. Well, you can't pass me. You can can't you? pass you? me. Ha ha. Um, no, that's not what we need. It's just just one of those things. Certainly is. Uh, and let's talk about the top of the leaderboard. And apparently, according to this Q1 session. Alfa Romeo are the greatest team on earth on hard tyres. Zhou Guan Yu ended up first, which then made me think, God, why are we just not only running hard tyres for Q2 and Q3? Because that was um, a rather large surprise, to say the least. It was. I didn't think it'd mix things up. But yeah, Zhou being P1, I mean, he was good anyway, so... As Frank Bucks, because he's a Frank big Joe Guan Yu fan. He's, he's buzzing for Big Joe Alfa Guan Romeo Yu. fan this weekend. You know, he, he, has. he was getting excited for as well during the stream. So yeah. uh, great to hear Frank's uh, unwarranted thoughts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's now go to Q2, where the medium tyres uh, were used. And out in this session was Carlos Sainz, Esteban Ocon, Daniel Ricciardo, Lance Stroll and Pierre Gasly. Probably worth mentioning that Daniel Ricciardo, by a whopping 13 thousandths of a second, was clear of Sonoda in Q1, which put him through to Q2, where P13, not bad. Not bad at all, considering he's jumping into the car. He's not had a lot of time to learn it. And especially with FP1 being a washout, I think he's done 
miraculously well. I would have happily put my hands up and gone, yeah, I, I said Danny Rick was a biggest, biggest good surprise, but in in reality, Sonoda would, should probably beat him in qualifying. Yeah, when he's been driving the car, like Danny Ricciardo's not driven that car and they said that it would be a struggle for him because, you know, he's done a test in the RB19, but that's a very different car because it's driving at the, the front in the hands of Max Verstappen anyway. Um, so, yeah, look, uh, Daniel Ricciardo can be very happy with himself that he's put in, yeah, uh, a good a good performance. I think P13 is probably about as high up as AlphaTauri have been a lot of the time in qualifying anyway. So, yeah, he's done a good job. And we, we've seen in the past how difficult it is for drivers to come in mid-season as well when they don't have any testing like they do now. So, yeah, it's a good job for him. You could almost say it's rather surprising job. <laughs> a good surprising job. <laughs> uh, other things to talk about, obviously, Carlos Sainz being knocked out in Q2. Uh, Ferrari woes uh, continue. They just didn't look good, really. I mean, the hard tyres, they came good right at the end in Q1. Uh, but in Q2, it was again left to the very last minute. And it was Charles Leclerc that actually knocked out Carlos Sainz in the end um, with his final lap. So it's just not worked out well for, for him. The two Alpines, your biggest good surprise, Esteban Ocon, down in 12th. Yeah. Gasly had his lap time deleted right at the end, but I think that only went put him from 14th to 15th. And then Lance Stroll, just doing Lance Stroll things. Yeah, uh, I've had some very, I've had a very good day in the predictions, but the Alpine one is not one of them. <laughs> the fact that I said that they'd be good. Um, yeah, not not great from Alpine. Stroll, yeah, uh, poor performance. I mean, Aston Martin, for a, for a track that they're hyping up, Alonso, didn't do particularly well either, but he, you know, he's at least made it into the session. Stroll, yeah, just very, very poor performance to to be right down down the order. Um, and yeah, quite a lot of, I guess, surprises. You know, we we did have some surprises. Uh, Hulkenberg managed to get into Q three again, which is wild. Um, he just wants to have more Q3 appearances than Perez this year. That's he wants he, to he keep like, the record. Checo's on, on it this weekend. He's going to get him through to Q3. So am I. Yeah. And uh, look, Perez did actually make it this time. First time since Miami. He did. We'll talk about his Q3 performance shortly. Um, but yes, uh, at the front end, Lando Norris was fastest in Q2 uh, on the medium tyres and looked great on the mediums in FP3 and then brought that same form uh, into into Q2 on the mediums. And then again, you're thinking, God, if we had mediums for Q3, who knows what could have happened? But um, yeah, and he was ahead of Hamilton and Verstappen. And we were very hyped at this point, weren't we, Tommy? Where we were going on the Twitch watch along, Matt P1 Tommy, if you haven't followed us already. Uh, we were thinking, God, this could be very close. <laughs> and it was. Yeah, to say that we went into this weekend thinking of all the tracks, it's a very Red Bull friendly track you know lots of corners they're good in lots of different corners that that's what they're really good at they've never been well i guess they are kind of now as well in the the hybrid era good in the the high speed as well like straight line but this track is normally one of their favorites and they had all these upgrades that they were kind of thinking oh god are they going to be even further ahead and uh well they actually had a challenge and it was very, very exciting indeed. Hold up. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have it get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is sponsored by Tennis Channel Plus. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated French Open in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May the 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Let's move to Q3 then. And my goodness me, what a finish uh, to that qualifying session. Of course, the big talking point, Lewis Hamilton taking pole by three thousandths of a second ahead of Max Verstappen. And um, it's funny because our reaction, which you're about to see, wouldn't suggest that uh, Tommy is a Max fan. Hamilton! Hamilton! By a tenth, by over a tenth. This is all his. This has to be his. Surely this is his. Oh, oh no. no. That didn't look good. <sighs> I'm having a heart attack. Here we go then, Hamilton to the line. Oh, oh. What? What a qualifying. Oh, my God. Wow. If you'd have told me that at the end of 2020 that I'd be cheering that much for Lewis Hamilton <laughs> knocking Verstappen off pole, um, it just shows how, you know, Formula One has, has changed. And um, look, at the end of the day, though, uh, and I think this is this is fair for a lot of people. Obviously, you know, I don't hide the fact that I'm a, a Max fan, but I'm a Formula One fan first. And to to get to see close racing again, some diff, someone different challenging, it's exciting. And you know, I do genuinely mean it when I say I don't want Verstappen to just clear off and lead every single race and be miles ahead because it's not fun for even uh, a fan of Max because I want to see him racing and uh, racing. He may well do with his nemesis alongside him at the start, which is very spicy indeed. Question from Vettel Laporte. With Max starting on the dirty side of the grid, do we expect him to take a measured approach into Turn 1 like he's previously done when he's been jumped this season, minus Austria? Or will the red mist descend when he sees a small gap to the inside of his arch nemesis? I mean, being on the dirty side of the grid's not a, not a great start for Max. If anything, that then potentially opens the door for Lando Norris, who, of course, is eager, chomping at the bit to, to try and get his first victory. And one with which the car looks like it could 
well possibly be there as well. He he missed out on pole by less than a tenth, uh, did Lando, which we thought at one point, oh my God, is he going to get pole? He was up on Verstappen through the middle sector. Verstappen didn't improve, which was surprising. Um, and potentially, you know, small errors uh, from Max on his lap because I don't think he was massively happy with the car uh, throughout qualifying. Uh, and that's what you need for anybody else to get pole at the moment. Um, but it does more probably suggest that maybe Lando will get a good run on Max as opposed to Max on Lewis. But who knows? It really it, it could be anything down towards turn one. You could have Bottas bowling again. He's in a great position if he wants to get another strike. <laughs> oh, God, he is, isn't he? Um, look. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Verstappen will not be able to help himself if Hamilton gets the jump on him at the start. He, he will. This is this is his chance to do a bit of, you know, wheel to wheel battling. And look at Brazil. Um, at the end of last year, he had the title wrapped up easily. He could have he could have won that race if he'd just done a clean pass on Hamilton, and he couldn't resist a bit of wheel banging. That they are just. Whatever whatever it is with those two, they it's not just Max racing Lewis different, it's Lewis racing Max different as well. And they they will Yeah, it is gonna be surely it's gonna be spicy with those two on the front row because Max won't be able to help himself, I don't think. He he he'd love to put I think he just thrives off it. You saw what happened in Austria with the the whole like bit of games gamesmanship he can't resist a bit of gamesmanship with hamilton so he he won't he won't just let hamilton get you know a win he he will want to ruin oh, the party as well so um it's going to be fascinating but to see how it turns out i guess and he doesn't need to even even though he's leading the championship he doesn't have to protect a championship because he's 99 points clear exactly, of yeah. sergio perez so he can do whatever he wants. He can just have he can have fun out there. He can send it up the inside of Hamilton, see what happens. I've already declared Lando Norris the the victor of tomorrow's race because you know that those two just cannot seem to to not touch each other. Um, but that's going to be interesting with Hamilton's race tomorrow, though, because I think Toto Wolff was saying um, I think it was prior to qualifying after FP three where something just about the soft tire just really switched on on that Mercedes, which suggests that perhaps Mercedes aren't great on the longer runs, the mediums and the hards. I mean, Russell not making it through to Q3, uh, Q2 even, after being knocked out in Q1. Although part of that was, of course, uh, due to some problems being held up. Th there's maybe going to be something slightly different. I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Hamilton start on softs tomorrow, which is not actually the tyre the that uh, they want to start on because it just doesn't have the longevity. But that's the tyre the they have the pace on. So... I do wonder if they will go for a quicker stint, perhaps even commit to an extra stop to just make sure that they're on the softs as much as possible. But then on the flip side of that, they only have four sets of fresh softs across the whole weekend uh, because of this new format and the the, the way in which they're trying to uh, be more sustainable with, with how many tyres they use. So mm. I think, I don't think Mercedes are the favourites to win tomorrow, but it's great that he's on pole. Dare I say we could, could see... The theory that we said where overtaking is really annoying when it's hard, it's hard to, to pass, but if we actually had someone else leading and Verstappen struggling to get past, everyone would be thinking it was the greatest thing ever. And if you think how he didn't struggle, but it wasn't a slam dunk, was it, on Norris at Silverstone? And that was at Silverstone. Hungary is a really hard place to pass. You've got that final corner with a lot of 
you know, the, the cars are in no way near as easy to follow as they used to be. Um, and getting around that corner, you've got to have a very good run to be, even with DRS, to be able to make the pass. It's a short straight, really, as well. So I don't think it's going to be, even if Hamilton does get ahead, I know I joked in my prediction of like, oh, Verstappen or Breeze passed him in, in the DRS on lap three. But I don't think it will be uh, that easy. So I think for the enjoyment of the race, I think if Max does end up second or maybe even third, we could be in for an absolutely fascinating race because of, ironically, because of all the stuff we've been complaining about all year that they can't follow or pass each other. And that's what made the Ocon victory so good. That's what made Gasly and yeah, it's happened before. So you never know. Because he can't win every race. <laughs> For God's sake. <laughs> Put it on a T-shirt. Uh, that being said, we have just launched P1 merch, which you can find a link to uh, in all of our or, or bios. Have we put it in our bios yet, Tommy? No? Uh, yes. Yeah, it's, yes? it's in the, it's in the cool. bios of all every social. All social media bios. Um, so, yeah, go and check that out if you want to. Um, let's reflect now a little bit more on Lando Norris. And also, shout out Oscar Piastri. Uh, I've noticed there's no questions about him, but he's P4. So yes. let's shout out that it's a McLaren lockout on that second row of the grid. Once again, looking amazing. Uh, question from Craig Tilly 95. Could McLaren challenge Max's Red Bull in terms of race pace, taking into account what we've seen from them in quali? Now, I would actually say that Lando Norris has a better chance of winning the race tomorrow than Lewis Hamilton based on what we've seen with the tyres. Lando looked really good on the mediums and the mediums are usually the prefer- preferred tyre uh, when we go when we go racing. So I think Lando looks pretty good, which is, I can't believe those words are coming out of my mouth in the 2023 season. Um, but still very, very close uh, was Lando in, in one lap uh, pace. But I think as well, those mediums could come into play uh, and that pace if, if Hamilton and Verstappen start battling, so on and so forth. So many variables that could happen tomorrow. Um, but I think McLaren are in with a shot again. They are. Which is absolutely wild because we wrote like, them off. I wrote, I, I, <laughs> I said Lando would be biggest flop, um, which was turned out to be an appalling prediction. Because uh, and McLaren fans should be celebrating this like a, a win because if they can be good at Silverstone and then go to a completely different track such as Hungary and still be in a fight for pole position, arguably, well. They, they were even closer to Verstappen than they were at Silverstone. So McLaren fans must be absolutely buzzing because they they are showing that those upgrades work on two completely different circuits. And that conversation we had in the end of the race podcast where where could they end up in the Constructors title, sorry, Matt, but I think Ferrari are definitely going to be sweating and maybe even Aston Martin as as well now because McLaren are absolutely flying and the fact that Piastri, like you say, got to give him credit, he's there with, with Lando as well, albeit you know nearly three-tenths off, but he's put it P4. Um, it was two-tenths off Lando, so I mean, that's, that's yeah, fine, yeah, sorry, two, Yeah, you know, two-tenths off Lando. Um, he's put it P4 on you know the same row of the grid, it's brilliant from McLaren. You've got to Just be absolutely of buzzing. Joe Guan Yu. Uh, let's very briefly talk about him because 
He deserves all the praise in the world. Yeah, definitely. How is he fifth? He's in an Alfa Romeo, which has been absolute dog this entire year, apart from right at the beginning where they had a great outing in Bahrain, wasn't it? We were like, oh, okay. Well, Bottas had a great result, whatever. Apart from that, Alfa Romeo have been awful. They both got through to Q3. They're <laughs> fifth and seventh on the grid. <laughs> My brain cannot comprehend that. And I don't think we can even say it's because of the format because they were quick on the hards, the mediums, and the softs. I think it was just coincidence that we had the format change as well. And of course, he was fastest on the hards in, in that first session. But unbelievable again. And the problem is for that, uh, with Alfa Romeo suddenly thrusting their way up the front and McLaren as well, you've got Aston Martin down in 14th. You've got the Alpines in 12th and 15th. You've got the Ferraris in 6th and 11th because of these random whatever the, the midfield and top midfield is, we don't know what the pecking order is every single race weekend we go to. But doing that means that some drivers, you go, God, they're down there. Perez is in ninth. Like, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Zhe Guan Yu, uh, what, a, what a performance. I mean, I made a joke that uh, about, you know, oh, on the hard tyre, it'd be an absolute legend. But he's done it on the softs as well. Alpha looking really good around there beating Bottas who we know is a qualifying master um and dare I say that in a session where we finally got you know someone other than Max has happened McLaren have done really well I think for, for me Joe Guan Yu is the star of qualifying and he'll actually go quite under the radar just because of everything else that's happened of the the craziness of that session but it can't be stressed enough like what a performance um this is this is a guy that people were absolutely roasting getting the seat saying oh it's only because of money and all this kind of stuff and he's there put it p5 on the grid out qualifying Bottas who we've been sort of reminiscing a little bit because of Perez's performance of well actually Bottas showed how good Bottas actually was compared to and how well he was doing against Hamilton now so as a number two driver so yeah Zhe Guan Yu what a what a brilliant, brilliant lap. Let's hope he can get um, a good a good race in as well because uh, that could be huge for the championship. In, in, the, mm. in that year that we've said so many times that the top eight are being locked out, now we could argue that with McLaren in there, it's the top 10 being locked out of top five teams. This could be, if Alpha have an unbelievable race, that they could you know, bag more points than they will for the rest of the entire season and might not be able yeah. to be caught by the others. So, yeah, amazing yeah, they have stuff. Yeah, they have to capitalise on this great performance. Let's hope it's not similar to, say, Hulkenberg in recent races where he's had a great race, but uh, great qualifying, but then and a terrible back. race. Yeah. Um, fingers crossed for Alfa Romeo's sake. But then again, them being quick on hard, medium and softs throughout qualifying would suggest that perhaps they are good and can switch on uh, any of the compounds. So uh, fingers crossed for them, they, they have a great result. Question from Ricardo Luiz. This new format, we saw the experience won by teammates. Do you agree? What does that mean? Uh, the fact that, I guess, like Hamilton's absolutely experience wiped the floor won. with Russell, Verstappen's wiped the floor right. with Perez, uh, Leclerc's way ahead of Sainz. So, so you can, maybe it's saying that the fact I, that... The, I don't know. We could, I mean, for our, Sainz was three thousandths of a second behind Leclerc in Q2 and... And managed to get uh, knocked out, which was uh, quite. Oh yeah, he was him. actually. That just shows. Um, so the, I, I, yeah, the I won't levels. say that so but, much. But no, and it, and Russell was knocked out because of because you know, of logistics the and you know gentleman's agreement. I don't think it's 
I don't think experience really, I don't know, maybe a little bit, but then experience, I think, works any time, no matter what, yeah. So, uh, yeah, thank you for the, your question there, Ricardo. You want to say something to me? No, no, no. It's, uh, yeah, I think, (laughs) (laughs) no, I think you're right. Uh, Like when you look at it, you know, I mean, Verstappen's been clear of Perez for like the last few races anyway. Russell, yeah, like you say, was unlucky. Um, yeah, Bottas science. is more experienced than Joe, and yeah, he got beaten. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a new, it's a new ours. challenge. But I think after a few laps, you know, once you get the the laps in, you're still we we've still kind of seen a, a normal ish session with like the guys doing well, which is a mad thing to say when we finally don't have a Stappen on pole. But um, yeah, it was just such a such a brilliant quality. I I just hope that. If we do this again, the teams don't get their head around it because that's always the annoying thing when they actually start to, uh, you know, we've said this even with the the car, the cars as well, that Formula One teams don't like fun. They like to ruin things. No, and, they don't uh, want fun. They, they want they everything want... to be mapped out. They know exactly what's going to happen at the next corner, the next <laughs> lap, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think they will definitely get better as it uh, with it if this is something that is implemented because of course you know they will learn they will work out what is the optimal way of doing things. But I think they can never fully there's never enough practice sessions anyway for them to fully get to grips with it. And if you have those three tires all being having to be used in qualifying, I think it's yeah I'm sold. That's all that matters there. Uh, Librarian Bert comes in with a question: What's bigger, Perez making it to Q3, Danny Rick making it to Q2? Or Lewis putting it on pole. Perez making it to Q3 is a non-story. He should be there. My goodness me, still ninth. So if anything, it's bigger that he he's literally qualified ninth after making it through to Q3. Um, four tenths off his teammate. Uh, but this is it, right? When the, the pace differential isn't as big between Red Bull and the rest of the teams, this is what will happen. Yeah. Perez four tenths off Verstappen maybe in the first few races is, is starting in the top three, top four. He's ninth. And this is when Red Bull again start to put question marks over because again, it is a comeback drive. We've got another Perez comeback drive. I'm so bored of comeback yeah, drives. And he'll finish Perez. fourth and it'll be like, oh, but he finished fourth from starting ninth. It's like, he shouldn't be starting ninth. This teammate is three yeah. thousandths off pole position. Uh, and you could argue messed his lap up and could have been could have been on pole. So it shouldn't be the case. Yeah, I mean, Perez, finally, I mean, thank you because you've given me a point for my loophole, but then you've still managed oh, to qualify yeah. poorly. <laughs> that's really annoying. It's not even a good Q3, you know what I mean? Like, no, but you've got, to, you've, got to, you've, got to, you've got to give it to me for the Hamilton prediction. I finally went for someone other than Verstappen and it's paid off. So yeah, I've got six in me. a row. That's no problem. And look, you're welcome because I put Verstappen pole, which I think is the first time in a long time I, I predicted Verstappen pole, and it's the exact opposite that's happened. Uh, even though it was only three thousandths of a second, we just about managed to overpower Max Verstappen. Um, so maybe that's the way we do it. I just predict Max Verstappen pole every time, and and then he doesn't get it, and then it's maybe. for the good of the sport. Uh, Danny <laughs> Rick making to Q two is obviously a reasonably big story because I think that is impressive from from his side. 
Um, and then Lewis putting it on pole, I think, is the biggest it's story. It's the biggest story, it's, yeah. It's Hamilton versus Verstappen into turn one. We've already discussed it. I am so ready for the race now, Tommy. I, I don't know what I'm going to do as those five red lights come on, but you will be able to see it on Twitch. Matt P1, Tommy. I'm hyped. Hungary said it at the end of the last podcast. It delivers. It's so good. And I'm really glad I uh, said Logan Sargent without qualifying Alex Albon. And Sargent <laughs> is a P20 merchant this week. <laughs> <laughs> he took yeah he was like oh I've, I've i've been having a good one and then matt matt jinxed me straight back down <laughs> yeah. to earth again. he was like i shall be what tommy predicted me at the start of the year this time just to spite matt's prediction lovely I know, bless him. right that is it thank you so much everybody for watching and listening to this wonderful piece of content about the qualifying of the hungarian grand prix tommy what your final thoughts sir my final thoughts are another banging qualifying Let's have a good race this year. Come on. We've got to we've got to have a, a a proper banger. Maybe maybe this is the race where like all the excitement of the season happens in one race and it's just Don't absolute say carnage. It out but, loud, Tommy. I mean, every jinx hasn't done? worked. So we've been okay, saying this and we still has. doesn't happen. I predict a really boring race. <laughs> There you go. Thank you, everybody, as always, and we'll see you very soon tomorrow for our watch along, of course, all of our content that you, that you know is coming. So look forward to it. We'll see you very soon. Bye. Bye. P1 is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.